0: Alrighty, so you're hanging out with your friends on this warm summer evening, and, as is everyone's wont, bacteria comes up in conversation. Everybody knows the only thing that can prey upon a bacteria is a virus, your friend Chuck scoffs. You chuckle to yourself and pat Chuck on the head, and you tell him that he is quite wrong. Well, what else preys on bacteria, he asks belligerently. Well, we are going to talk all about that on the next episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I am Dr. K. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, If you could take a second and just click that follow button, or maybe you could tell a friend about the podcast, I would really appreciate it and give you just a big ol' thanks. Um, Now, today what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about cannibalism in bacterial species, like predatory cannibalism in bacterial species. I guess it's not really when I think about it. It's not really cannibalism since, like, there's different species of bacteria that are, like, eating each other. But it is a bacteria that is eating another bacteria. So um, that's about as close as we're going to get to cannibalism as we're going to get to today. Um, Anyway, how does this work? What is this crazy bacteria? Dr. K, tell me more about this, this cannibal bacteria that you are going on about. Okay, so the bacteria that we're talking about in question... Uh, goes by the name of Delavibrio bacteriovorus. I shall say it again. <clears throat> Delavibrio bacteriovorus. Now, your ears may have pricked up when you heard the word bacteriovorus and you may be thinking to yourself, ah, well, I see where this is going, Dr. K. I know what a carnivore is. It is something that eats carne. I know what a herbivore is. It eats herbs. I even know what an omnivore is. It eats omni things. So something called a bacterivorous must be a yes. That is correct. A vorus is something that eats bacteria. You're very smart. Now shut up. Let me finish my podcast. Um, so delavibrio Vorus, which I shall just call bec- uh, delavibrio from now on, because delavibrio bacterivorous is just too long to say. Delavibrio is one of the most famous instances of predation of bacteria, where bacteria are preying upon other bacteria. Uh, Delavibrio, if you look it up on the Googs, is a comma-shaped-looking little guy, um, and it is found all over the world in a bunch of different environments. Um, But in addition to being found all over the world, um, one of its definitive characteristics is the fact that it likes to chomp down on certain types of bacteria and eats them, specifically on gram negative bacteria now on another episode of the podcast we may do a deep dive on gram negative versus gram positive bacteria and the different types of things that they can do Um, but just for today just to differentiate between the two all you'll need to know is the following Um, and actually in order to know the following we should spend a little time looking at bacterial membranes so if you take a bacteria and if you zoom in on it pretty much all bacteria are going to have a wall of this combination of sugar and protein so sugar and protein are clicked together and they make this wall that surrounds the cellular membrane of bacteria and the cellular membrane you'll recall is that fatty lipid bilayer that surrounds all you know all the tasty innards of the bacteria um, so this wall of sugar and protein it has a has a name it's called peptidoglycan and the amount of protein and sugar that is present right determines whether or not this is a really skinny sort of wall or a really thick sort of wall okay now, there appear to be different benefits to having either a thick wall or a skinny wall. It's, and that's going to depend on there's benefits and drawbacks of either. Um, but regardless, based off of the thickness of this peptidoglycan sugar and protein wall, that's what differentiates um, the bacteria are classified, rather, bacteria are classified into gram-negative or gram-positive. Okay? So gram-positive bacteria, those are ones that have a really, really thick peptidoglycan wall gram negatives they just have a really skinny sugar and protein wall um, what's also important to know here and we're going to address this in a second when we talk about del vibrio in greater detail is whereas gram positives just have the one cellular membrane and then a really thick sugar protein wall that surrounds it gram negatives actually have two cell membranes with the peptidoglycan layer in between so it goes like uh there's the cytoplasm, so the interior of the cell, then there's the cell membrane then in if you're a gram positive then after the cell membrane, then there would be a really thick layer of um really thick layer of peptidoglycan. if you're a gram negative, it would be cytoplasm cell membrane, thin peptidoglycan layer, and then a cell membrane on the outside of that okay so gram positive have two layers, but the gram negatives they have three layers they have the membrane peptidoglycan other membrane. The, uh, the trident layer of the bacterial world, if you will. Um, anyway, so Vibrio that predation bacteria that we talked about a second ago, they specifically like to track down and eat gram-negative bacteria. And the way it does, it does this in this really, really interesting way. So we're going to go ahead and envision the following. So Vibrio I mentioned before, it's just like this little comma-shaped bacteria. And it's actually, they, they start off pretty tiny, right? So it's just a tiny little comma shaped bacteria that swims around and they run into each other. Um, and they'll just keep on doing that until they run into a gram negative bacteria. There's a lot of different gram negatives out there. Um, but the most common one or the one that you may know the best will go with E. coli, a nice, a nice plump E. coli, old faithful. Now, when Vibrio runs into E. coli, um, it's actually a lot a lot smaller than the bacteria that it preys upon uh, but it's not always going to be that way again you may kind of may have may be able to guess that by now it's going to get bigger as it eats the e. coli um, and in order to remedy that size discrepancy what it, the first thing it has to do is it has to get inside the e. coli So what does della vibrio do? De vibrio moses its way up to the outer layer of e. coli and then slices what's called a tiny little porthole in the wall of the e. coli Right. And that allows Delavibrio to sneak into what's known as the periplasm. And you can just think about the periplasm. This is that small area between the two fat layers of the gram negative bacteria. As I mentioned before, gram negatives have the two cell membranes, right? And then the peptidoglycan in between. So the way you can think about this is the Delavibrio goes in between those two fat layers. Like uh, if you're still struggling with this. Here's an analogy. It's like the hallway of an apartment. There's a door to get into the hallway, and then there's the door to the actual apartment that is connected to the hallway. Basically, Del Vibrio just lives in the hallway and doesn't fully go in either outside or inside, if that makes any sense. Okay. Enough with the analogies. Let us mosey on. Um, After it gets access to the periplasm, though, Del Vibrio has to do two things. Okay? The first thing, and the most pressing thing, is it has to make sure that the host cell, E. coli, doesn't lyse too quickly. After all, it did just carve a little porthole into the host cell and it doesn't want all the cytoplasmic interior goodies just oozing out into the environment until it's done eating. Okay, So that's the first thing. It has to be able to make sure that the cell doesn't lyse too quickly. The second thing is it has to start degrading the interior of E. coli without degrading itself. Because if you think about it, Delvibrio is a bacteria, so that means that Delvibrio also has its own Cell walls and and all these different components. So it has to have a way of degrading E. coli without degrading itself. Okay? So let's address the first issue first. So the first issue, again, preventing everything from rushing out of the cell and just lysing Lysing the cell. So, all that Del Vibrio does is it just seals up the porthole that it just made. It has a couple of specialty enzymes that it uses to take that piece of the porthole that it cut out and put it right back into the cell wall. And in doing so, it keeps the E. coli cell intact. Okay, so in doing so, it prevents the stuff from rushing out. To address the second issue, which, if you remember, is making sure that specifically kills E. coli and not itself, all that Del Vibrio does is it just stays in the periplasm and kind of shoots little specialty enzymes and acids into the cytoplasm of E. coli while it stays safe in the periplasmic space okay once it starts shooting in these degradation enzymes and acids into the host cytoplasm that starts breaking down the components of the E. coli interior once those components are broken down then they're able to be processed by Del Vibrio in a way that it can be used to convert it into energy and also convert it into growth so Del Vibrio then just keeps on chomping on all the nutrients that come from the E. coli cytoplasm, and it just keeps on eating and growing and growing, and it ends up with this very uh, very bizarre, very macabre situation where the Del Vibrio, it, as I mentioned, just keeps on growing, it keeps on eating in the periplasm, and what happens is the dead E. coli at this point just starts taking this like, this softened kind of circular shape. Um, that's just very, yeah, it's just very soft because all the innards have been eaten out of it. Um, this whole area of like the E. coli kind of soft and, and flabby and then the Delavibrio growing in that area, um, that's called a Deloplast, right? At the end of this whole thing, Del Vibrio has to do something, right? It can't just stay forever in the carcass of the E. coli. And at this point, Delavibrio is actually huge. It's gone from this really tiny comma-shaped little Thing to this really enormous elongated filament um, with actually multiple nucleus like shaped uh, containers called nucleoids. At this point, the Delavibrio life mass, the biomass of the Del vibrio actually at this point makes up more of the biomass than E. coli itself in the Deloplast. But Delavibrio needs to move on to new things, it needs to kill other gram negatives. Um, so it finishes off this successful campaign by splitting that filament that it's made up into into a cluster of new, tinier delavibrio commas and then just exploding out of the membrane of E. coli. Actually, not un, totally unlike bacteriophages, with which we are familiar. Um, at this point, then, the daughter cells of Delavibrio then they can go ahead and spread around, f- track down more gram negatives, and then keep on spreading. So it's actually, it's really, really exciting. It's really, really cool. It demonstrates a couple of things. First of all, it reiterates again, um, number one, that it's not just viruses that kill bacteria. Bacteria also kill bacteria. They kill them a bunch of different ways and really, really high amounts. And number two, this killing of bacteria, it doesn't always take the form of them just, you know, just kind of jostling and competing for um, for a for like a a higher position in a given environment. Sometimes it's literally just Bacteria preying upon other bacteria. Um, so, super cool. Super, super neat. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Going Taking like a little bit of a deep dive into Del Vibrio and how it works. Well, will actually definitely have to do this again. Just take a particular bacteria that we're interested in and then do a little bit of a deep dive into how it works and everything. Um, but for now, the music is going. And it is time to wrap this up thank you guys so much again for tuning in today for me with me on this lovely tuesday i um, looking forward to seeing you guys next week on another episode of short stories of bacteria